Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. Today's message. Now, we are in a series called Frequency, and uh, we've been talking all about how we cut through the noise to hear God's voice. And I want to just jump right into it today. I got a lot to share with you. And there's, we have a theme verse for this series. It comes from John 10, verse 3. It says, The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. And so what this verse is all about is that there's a shepherd that is leading some sheep. And the shepherd in the Bible is Jesus. Jesus is the good shepherd. And, and the sheep... Uh, well, that's us. We, we, we follow the shepherd and we follow his voice. And, and we chose this verse for this series because Jesus is speaking. God is speaking and we need to be able to hear his voice. We need to be like sheep where we know our shepherd and we can key into his voice above every other voice. And I believe that we're living in days where we need to be able to do that, where we need to be able to hear God's voice because God is speaking and he wants to speak to you. So last week, what we did, we started off this series by looking at a parable, which is a made-up story that Jesus told and uh, it, that contained some truth. And it was a parable about a farmer who was sowing seed. And, and Jesus said, the seed is God's word. In other words, it's his voice in our life. And in order to be able to hear it, we have to have a heart that is ready to do that. And so Jesus identified the three different kinds of hearts. That's the polluted heart, which is where we sin or, or people stir, up, stir us up, and this is generally our relationships that kind of get us into a bad place where we can't hear God. He talked about the distracted heart, and, and I identified that's usually me. I'm pretty distracted by things that are, that are good and some things that are not so good. And, and, and then he talked about the heart that is immature, and that's the heart that says, hey, I'm saved, but I don't want to do anything else. I don't want to take any steps to further my relationship with Jesus. I'm good just hanging out right here. I'm going to heaven, and that's sufficient for me. But Jesus said the heart that actually hears God's word and will respond to it properly is the prepared heart. And we talked about the way to get there. The way to, the way to get to that, that prepared heart is to do three things, and that's to repent, turn away from some of the things that we're doing, that, that stuff that's polluting our lives. Just turn away from it. Start doing things God's way, and then we can refocus. If you're distracted, you need to refocus. Start doing the things that you know you need to do. Like, get back to it. Make a plan. And then there's, there's to revive. We, we need to take steps towards God. The Bible says that if we draw close to him, that he'll draw close to us. And that's a, that's, a, that's a wonderful thing. I love that verse. Because when I take my steps, which are Aaron's size towards God, he takes God-sized steps towards me, and that just makes me feel good. And so when we take steps towards him to revive our relationship, we wind up with a heart that is prepared to not only hear God's voice, but allow it to work in us. And so I think it's really important if you missed that message, make sure you go back and listen to it. But there it was in a nutshell. And so we're talking all about hearing God's voice uh, in this message. And I gotta be really honest with you, I don't hear too well. I actually got this thing like a sensory perception issue where like if somebody is standing right in front of me and talking to me, if there's anything louder in the area, a child crying or construction or any kind of noise around me, the person who's right in front of me that I ought to be able to hear really, really well turns into Charlie Brown's teacher. 
Come on, old school people. You know what I'm talking about, right? Wah, 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 wah. Well, that's what it sounds like to me, right? And, uh, and, and in order to be able to hear them, I have to lean in. Now, my family and friends know that I have difficulty hearing sometimes, and so I just like to have fun with them. I play a game where I see if I can get them, how many times I can get them to repeat something before they catch on, that I'm just, just having fun with them. But, but, that, but that's just me. But I don't, I don't always hear too well, and I don't always hear God's voice very well. I think sometimes we have like a spiritual sensory perception issue, right? Like, like there's all kinds of noise around us, and we just have to learn how to cut through that noise. We have to lean in in order to be able to hear. Now, just as important as hearing is also how we respond to what we hear. And I want to talk to you a little bit about the nature of God's voice and, and how we respond to it, how we approach listening to him, because it's important how we hear. Just as important as what we hear, it's important how we hear and how we respond to it. And there's some truth that is found in a story of Samuel. And so we're in the Old Testament. We're going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. And it says, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. And so here's what you need to understand, the characters in the story. Uh, Samuel is a boy whose mother dedicated him to the Lord and said, I'm going to give him to God's work. And so when he was old enough, uh, when he was weaned, she brought him to the temple and he started serving God in the temple. And that's where he lived under the direction of Eli, who was the high priest. Now, it's important that you know Eli was the high priest because in those days, God spoke to the high priest. And the way he did that, there was this tabernacle or a temple that was set up and it had three different areas. It had the outer courts where everybody could go. You and I could have gone to the outer courts. Then they had what was called the holy place, and that's all the priests could go to, into the holy place where they ministered before God. Then they had what was called the holy of holies. It was like this inner, inner sanctum place where the Ark of the Covenant, yes, if you've seen Raiders of the Lost Ark with Indiana Jones, that's what I'm talking about, a gold box that has angels on it and big wings, and that's where the Shekinah presence of the Lord, that's, that means the physical presence of God, would manifest itself, and from there, God would speak to only one guy, and that was the high priest. He was the only one that was allowed into the Holy of Holies. And so Eli is that high priest, and we're in a season now in this story where God's not talking much. The word of the Lord was rare, and, and, and we, we're not really sure, but I'm pretty positive that when you understand the stories surrounding this, that a lot of God's refusal to speak had to do with some leadership issues. See, Eli had two sons that were corrupt. They were also priests, and they would take bribes and do things that they ought not be doing. And Eli absolutely refused to do anything about his sons because to do so would have been to order their death and their exile, and he just couldn't bring himself to do it. And so the word of the Lord during this time is rare. God's not speaking to Eli through, through the Holy of Holies. It, there was no dreams. There was no visions. Not much was going on as far as God's voice. And then it says, in one night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. So Eli's an old man at this point. He's, his vision is going. It says, the lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Now, Samuel is a young man. He would have been about 12 years old at this point. And he's hanging out in the temple and he's sleeping as close to the presence of God as he could possibly get. He didn't necessarily know God yet. He, he hadn't ever heard his voice, but he knew that this is the place where God spoke. And so Samuel's in the temple laying next to the Holy of Holies. And then what happens is that God speaks to Samuel. 
It says, then the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel answered, here I am. But Samuel didn't know who it was. He'd never heard God's voice before, so he ran over to Eli. And he said, here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call. You go back and lie down. Any parents out there ever experienced this? Man, that's a frustrating thing. When you put your kids to bed and you're pretty sure it's time to unwind and like turn on the TV or have an adult conversation, and then what happens? You got a kid standing there in their jammies holding their whoopee wanting to talk to you. It's like, are you for real? Get back to bed. If you need to get a drink, do that. If you need to go to the restroom, do it. But get on out of here and get on back upstairs. Go back to bed. This is what Eli does to Samuel. And so it says again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. I think it's, that verse is interesting. Samuel didn't know the Lord. That word know is the Hebrew word yada. And uh, so you need to know that your Bible was originally written, Old Testament's written in Hebrew, New Testament's written in Greek. And so the original Hebrew word for, for know is the word yada. And it means to be acquainted with or to know intimately. It, it describes a person's relationship to the true God. That's the definition of yada. So Samuel didn't know God. Like he didn't have an intimate relationship with him. And I think that's funny because here Samuel is spending his entire life hanging out at church. He's hanging out at church. He's serving God. He goes every day and he spends time here serving God, serving people, and yet he doesn't know God. And I, I, I got to be honest. That probably described my experience growing up. And for a lot of you, it describes your experience too. You went to church. You served at church. You might have even been on the board. You might have even had an opportunity to teach at some point in time. You, you've done this your whole life, but you would not say, Aaron, I know God intimately. Like I know him it, like, a, like a close friend. And, the, uh, and you need to understand, I'm here to tell you today that that's the way God wants to know you or wants you to know him. He wants you to know him like a close friend. He wants you to yada him, to know him intimately. That's what God has for you. That's the first thing we believe here as a church, that, that the first thing you do on your spiritual journey is that you get to know God, not that you just get to know about him, like I know about lots of people, but that you get to know him intimately, that you become acquainted with him closely, and that as you get acquainted with him, as you know him, that you'll be able to pick his voice out of all the other voices in this world. That's my hope for you. That's my prayer for you is that you'll get to know God in such a way that you'll hear his voice and be able to identify it. Jump back into the story. It says, a third time the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. So this is the third time God's spoken to Samuel, and he's missed it. He thought it was Eli talking to him, and Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So it's interesting here. Samuel's hearing God's voice, but he doesn't know what to do with it. He hasn't quite identified it. And that's what I'm going to help you do today. I'm going to help you understand what you need to do when you hear God's voice and how you can hear it. And next week, I'll spend more time on that. But, but it says, Samuel told Eli, go and lie down. He needed some instruction. He said, and if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And I think that's the best response. When we begin to hear God speaking to our hearts, it's just to say, yes, God, what, what is it? I'm open to whatever it is that you're saying. What are you speaking to me today? 
Whether God's speaking to you through a still small voice in your heart, whether he's speaking to you through his written word known as the Bible, or whether he's speaking to you through a message that you hear. Hi. Asking yourself the question of God, what are you saying to me? What what are you speaking to? Are you talking to me about my family? Are you talking to me about my finances? What would you have to say about my career? What would you have to say about my sexuality, about my relationships, my thought life, my habits? What are you saying, God? And Samuel had to learn how to listen, and more importantly, how to respond to God's voice whenever he spoke to him. And the verse continues and said, the Lord came and stood there. Now God's getting really aggressive. This is the, the, the fourth time. And he says, Samuel, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something in Israel. I like that. I like when God starts talking that way. I'm about to do something. All right, man, I'm on board. Let's do it. What are you about to do? Right? Like God is an announcing God. He announced to Moses, I'm about to set my people free, and you're going to go with me and help me. Shows up to Mary. I'm about to do something. You're about to have my baby, and, uh, and he's going to be Jesus, and he's going to set the people free. He's going he's he's to save the world. Shows up to some shepherds. I'm about to do something. I like that. I do that at home, too. Don't make me get up out of this chair. I'm about to come in there, right? Like being announcing. Like, I like that. God says, I'm going to do something. And so he goes on to explain, and I haven't included these verses here, but in the next three verses, he tells Samuel what he's about to do. And what's about to happen is they're about to enter into a time where they're really going to have to lean on God and trust him in order to navigate the situation. It ends in verse 15. It says, and Samuel lay down until morning and then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. So Samuel just continued doing what he was doing before. After he heard God's voice, he stayed close to where God had spoken to him. Now, I think it's interesting in this story, you know, God could have chosen to talk to anyone. He, he could have picked anyone to give this message to, but, but he didn't. He chose a boy, a boy who didn't have it all together, a boy who didn't know anything about anything. He chose that kid. And I see myself in that. This, this story encourages me because, you know, when God called me to plant this church, I didn't know anything. In fact, when I was talking to Tim, our Connect pastor, early on, he said, you know why I like Simple Church? It's close, it's early, and it's short. And I said, okay, that's awesome. He said, and do you know why I like you? He said, because you have no idea what you're doing. <laughs> and I thought, well, that's, that's really nice of you. And he meant it in a right way. He was just like, that I have no idea what I'm doing. I just said yes to Jesus. That, that, that he knew, understood that God didn't call somebody who was equipped. God called somebody that he was going to equip for what he called him to do. Right? And, and I love that because that, that encourages me. God didn't speak to me because I was anything special. And yet, here he was talking to me about planning the church. And along the way, I've got to be honest with you, I struggled with that. I struggled with the fact that he was talking to me. I walked with doubt in my heart. Why? Well, because I'm just like you. I'm imperfect. I, I'm, I don't have everything together. I get caught up in the comparison trap just like you do looking at other people saying, God, why would you choose me? There are better communicators. There are better looking guys. There are better looking, there there are better organized people. There are people that can preach the paint off the walls. And I've never preached a single sermon and you're calling me to do this. Are you serious? Why would you choose me? There's other people that are better than me. In addition to that, I knew my sin. I knew my situation. I knew my shortcomings. I knew how many times I'd missed reading my Bible every day. I knew how many, how many ups and downs my prayer life had had. I knew how often I got sidetracked. 
And the thing is, is God knew all of those things, and yet he was talking to me. But from my point of view, I assumed that I would be excluded, that I wasn't somebody that God would speak to, that he would choose people that were better than me to talk to. But then, of course, you come across a verse like 1 Samuel chapter 3, and you see that God chooses ordinary people to speak to. He's not looking for perfect people. He's looking for someone who will respond to him when he speaks, not looking for people who's got it all figured out. And so I think it's important that, that we understand God wants to speak to us. And I even love that God enjoys talking to people who don't respond to him the first time. Like Samuel missed God three different times. It wasn't until the fourth time that he finally responded to it. I like God's patience. I like that he's willing to say something four times for me to catch on because I'm not, I'm not really the smartest guy and I don't always listen too well. I like that. I'm encouraged by this verse. And listen, God isn't just speaking to others today. I, I just need you to understand this. He's not just speaking to other people around you. God wants to speak to you too. And because God wants to speak to you and will speak to you, it's important that you understand a few things about his voice. And there's a few lessons that I want to share with you from this small story of Samuel that I think you need to understand. And so if you're taking notes, the first thing is that we see in the story of Samuel is that a humble heart ushers in the voice of God. Samuel responded, speak God for your servant is listening. He didn't say, yeah, what do you want? I was sleeping. Yeesh. Like he didn't give God an attitude. He jumped up from where he was. He stopped what he was doing. And, and I love this, the way he responded. Hey, God, go ahead and talk. Your humble servant's listening. See, Samuel understood who he was in light of who God was. And I think we forget that sometimes. I think we forget that God is the creator of the universe. I think we forget that he's all-powerful, that he's all-knowing, that God is something called omnipresent. That means he's everywhere all at once. David described it and said that in him we live and breathe and move and have our being. That means there's nowhere you can go that God isn't found. You go to Chipotle, he's there. That's where God is. I think he hangs out there all the time, actually. God is there. He's everywhere. And we forget how great God is. And we treat him more like he's a contemporary to us. We talk to him in a way and, and, and we negate his voice in our life. Like, oh, that's a good suggestion. That's a good idea. I really like what you're saying. That's really for someone else and not for me. But not, not Samuel. Samuel responded with a humble heart. He understood his place before God. He understood that he was so small comparatively but he also understood how great God's love was for us. And so I think when God starts speaking to us that we need to listen, and we need to listen humbly. In Proverbs, it describes that the fear of, that the, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, that doesn't mean being afraid of God. It means having a healthy a perspective of him. It's having a respect of him which points us to our proper position. You say, why be humble? Why be humble? Well, because a humble heart is the prepared soil for the voice of God to be heard. A humble heart gives you fresh ears to hear. When you don't approach God's voice with this know-it-all kind of attitude, with this, what are you going to say? And whatever you say is, is important. Whatever you say, I'll, I'll trust it. When, when you approach it that way, it will make a difference in your life. Look, even Jesus was talking about the way that we are to approach God's kingdom. In Luke 18 
Jesus was there among the people, and he was, he was blessing the people and talking to the people, and little kids kept trying to come up to Jesus. And the disciples were pushing him away, and like, no, don't bother the master. But Jesus looked at him and said, no, 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 let the little children come. Let, let them come. And then he sat down, put a kid on his lap, sat down, he said, listen, if you're going to approach God's kingdom the way you've got to do it, it's like this child. He said, you need to approach it in a childlike way, not in a childish way, but in a childlike way, in a, in a humble way. Because you know what? Kids are, are, are like sponges, man. They're ready to learn. They're ready to listen. They want to absorb everything around them. They ask questions. They're inquisitive. And they come to you with a humble heart that says, I need to know. I need you to tell me. And so we need to have a humble heart so that we can be positioned and ready to listen. The second thing we see in this passage is that even though Samuel didn't know God at that time, he knew what he said. He knew what he had said in the past. He had these things called the books of the law. That would have been Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. That's the first five books of your Bible. They called it the Pentateuch. And it had God's law in it. And so Samuel would have had, as a 12-year-old Jewish kid, would have had that whole thing memorized. Before he heard God speak to his heart, he knew what God had said before. And I think it's important that we understand that before we hear God's voice, we can read it because every verse in the Bible speaks God's voice. Every verse. We believe that that scripture is what is called God-breathed. In other words, the Holy Spirit inspired the men who wrote those books to write everything that they wrote. That means God wrote those books. And Samuel only had five books. We got 66 the Old Testament has 39, the New Testament has 27, and we get to see God's story play out on these pages. We get to hear his voice and his plan for us all throughout the Bible, and it's all from God. Why is reading it important? Well, because every relationship that you've ever had, no matter how you started it, was based on communication. It's built on communication. Whether you started an online relationship through a text message or, whether, or an email or a swipe right or swipe left, you communicated something. Hello. You communicated something. Every relationship is built on communication. That's why the number one way for us to grow in our relationship with God is by daily communicating with his word. You can already see everything that he's already said to you. It's important. That's why we talk to. We have this on our Simple Church app. We have that read through the Bible in a year plan. We want you to see all of what God has to say, and it'll take you a year. There's daily selections. They'll walk you through it. You can start it anytime. It's important that you do it, that you understand what God has said, that you get to know him through what he said previously, because what he said previously, he's still saying today, and what he's saying is for us. So if you haven't heard the voice of God, that's fine, but have you read it? God's love is on display, and every verse speaks his voice. The next thing we see in this story is that Samuel was sleeping close to the holy place. That's where God spoke to men during that time. And he got as close as he could because Samuel valued God's voice above all. That's the third thing we can learn from this. We need to value God's voice above all. See, God never spoke to Samuel. But he knew where God chose to speak to men, and it was in that holy of holy place. And so he positioned himself to hear it. And in your life, you're going to have all kinds of voices that are going to fight for your attention. 
There's all kinds of people that are gonna speak into your life. You're gonna have friends that are gonna try to speak into your life, your spouse, your, your parents, your mentors. Other people are gonna offer guidance for your life. And most of those voices are good voices. They're wise, they're mature, they're good. But listen to me, and somebody should write this down, good isn't always God. Hello? I'll say it one more time. I know Miss Sylvia is watching live right now, and she is just shouting. Ain't you, Miss Sylvia? She's watching online. Good isn't always God. Good advice isn't always what God is going to have you do. That's why we've got to value God's voice above all others and position ourselves to hear it. That's why we need to spend time in prayer, seeking God's ways first. Proverbs 16 tells us three different times in that chapter, hey, you're going to make plans, but it's God who orders your steps. Well, if God is the one who's laid out the path, and if God is the one who has your next step plan, shouldn't we be talking to him first about anything and about everything? We should be talking to him about our career. We should be talking to him about our living situation. We should be talking to him about our family, about parenting. We should be asking for wisdom in every situation. God, speak about this situation because you're the one who's got, got my life laid out. You're the one that knows what's best for me. Why don't you weigh in on this? We have to value his voice above all others, and that means we need to position ourselves so we can hear it. Otherwise, we'll never hear him through the noise. And the conflict here is, is that we want God to turn up his voice, and he's wanting us to turn down our lives. We talked about this a little bit last week on how we do that. How do we turn down our lives? We have to make space in our life to be able to hear God's voice. That's what the 21 days of prayer is all about. It's about taking time, not just to talk to God, not just to ask him to, to do things in our lives, but to also listen with what he has to say about our lives. What's our next step? What would you have me do? Give me wisdom. I can't see clearly. Help me know how to love my kids through this difficult time. God, I'm facing something that feels hopeless. What do I do next? What doctor do I go see? How do I deal with this painful area in my life? Is there something I need to surrender? Is there someone I need to forgive? Seeking him in every way. And the beautiful thing about God is that God whispers when he speaks to you. I like that. Do you know why? Because it means he's close. In order to hear somebody whisper, you gotta be close. It indicates proximity. And when God speaks, he whispers. It's that still, small voice, and we'll talk more about that next week. But let's get close to God. Let's turn down the volume of our lives and value God's voice so we can hear him. The next thing we see in Samuel's story is that when God speaks, we need to share what he says. I love this. I love this. God shared something with Samuel and said, listen, I need you to say this to the people. I need you to, I, I need you to understand this is what's coming, and so Samuel shared it. He, he gave his word to other people. And if you have a word, if God begins to speak to you about something, share it. It's important that you do. It's the nature of God. Do you know that God gives us all kinds of stuff? And the stuff that he gives us, he wants us to turn around and give it away. Let me, let me give you an example. God loves you, right? He loves you with an unconditional, irrational, illogical, reckless love. And God wants you to turn around and take that love and love other people. It's part of our mission statement here. Love God, love people. 
We receive love from God, so we're supposed to love other people. All right, let's look at another thing, forgiveness. God says, I'm gonna forgive you, but not if you don't forgive somebody else. It's like a requirement of forgiveness, that if you receive forgiveness, you have to forgive other people. God's like, great, I'm gonna give you grace. If you receive grace, you need to give grace to other people. Love others the way, or treat others the way you would have them treat you. We look in God's word and he's like, hey, I'm gonna comfort you through this situation. I'm gonna be with you. And the reason I'm gonna comfort you, Paul says that God comforts us so that we can comfort others. God gives you all kinds of stuff. And when he speaks to you, just like all the other things, he oftentimes intends you to give it away, to share it with someone else. Do you know this? Many people, before they ever hear God's voice, they're gonna hear your voice, and that voice will help them to hear God's voice. That's why it's important that you share. God may be talking to you today. He may be speaking to you through this message. He may be speaking to you in, in your heart or through his word. And when he does, he may intend for you to give that away to somebody else. When I went to Honduras this year, I'm gonna share something I'm not really comfortable sharing, but when I went to Honduras, I felt very vulnerable. Um, you, you go on these trips and I'm, I know my role, I know what I'm expected to do, I'm the pastor and I'm expected to be an encouragement and, and I, I, know, I know that I went there and I, I was excited to play the silly song with the kids and I already shared that with you. I was excited to, to, to perform and do some, some illusions and some magic for the people and have a good time with them. But this year, you know, I've got a back condition that, that oftentimes leaves me in pain so much that I, that I can't really do anything. I, I have to sit down or I have to lay down. I have to take time out. And several times in Honduras, I wasn't able to do the activities that everybody else was doing because my back hurt so bad. I felt like a failure. And I kept asking God, why am I here? And I encouraged myself and just said, well, I'm here because I'm supposed to lead this team here. And, but I still fell flat. I felt useless. In fact, at one point in time, the kids were all dancing and singing, and, and I was sitting at the front on the ground, and, and the person who had the microphone said, well, maybe next time Pastor Aaron will get involved. Maybe he'll do better. And, you know, she's saying it to the kids, and then it's being translated into English, and I'm sitting there feeling terrible. She didn't know that I was hurting, and I felt like a failure. And then... As the week went on, God began speaking to me about a verse that he had given me. And it was a verse that I'd actually brought here and spoken a message, but God just kept stirring it up in my heart. And I realized at one point in time that I was supposed to share that. So I went to my translator, Ava, and I said, Ava, I feel like God's telling me that I need to say this to the director of the center. And I shared with her what it was. And, and Ava began to tear up and cry. And she looked me dead in the eyes and she said, this is why you came to Honduras. God had given me a word. I didn't know it was going to be for Leslie at that time. In fact, I didn't know that God would use me later after I shared it with Leslie to share it with, to encourage two other people there. But I realized my purpose wasn't necessarily to, to, to do all the things I was missing out on. My purpose, my one, the greatest Thing I came to Honduras to do was to share something that God had shared with me. Something in his word that he had pointed out to me and had spoken to me. He gave it to me and I was to give it to them. And so I did. 
And when God speaks, I want to tell you, it's so important that you share it. If he's talking to you about something right now, you have no idea the people around you that are probably struggling with the same exact thing and need to hear that same exact word of encouragement. If God gives you a good gift, why wouldn't you share it with other people? Y'all are awful quiet this morning. So I'm telling you, man, if you're, if you're here and, and you're somebody that's decided to, to lead our, one of our grow groups, our grow groups launch here in a couple weeks, it's our small groups that gather. If God's given you something to share or giving you something that's speaking to you, share it with the group. You have no idea who you'll be a blessing to. During these 21 days of prayer, if God begins dealing with you about something, he gives you a verse, share it. Man, put it up on your Facebook. Text it to your friends. Send it, share it within your groups. You have no idea who you're going to bless. God wants to speak to you, not just for your benefit, but for the benefit of others around you. So share what he says. And the last thing we can look and see in, in Samuel's story is, is that Samuel's attitude towards God's voice is so important, and we all need to be in this place. We need to have an attitude that says, whatever he says to do, then we do it. It's something I can summarize with one word. It's called obedience. It's obedience. You say, well, but Aaron, what if I don't understand what he's asking me to do? Like, what if I don't understand why? Do you know in, in, in the Jewish culture, they taught and even believed that understanding is something that is completely separate from obedience. And so even with my kids, you don't need to understand why I'm asking you to do this. You just need to obey. If you want to get understanding, you can get it. But you need to obey first, and then you can gain understanding. That's what the Jewish people believed. That if you'll just respond, whatever it is God's asking you to do, if you'll just do it, even if you don't understand it, just do it. You can gain understanding on the other side of obedience. You say, well, what if it doesn't make sense? You know what? It won't sometimes. God's ways are not our ways, and you just need to let that be a done deal. His ways are higher than our ways. It may, may not make sense to you. Just obey. Well, what if it hurts or it costs me something? It probably will. Oftentimes, obedience does. Obedience oftentimes is a surrender, and that surrender is oftentimes sacrifice. It'll cost you time. It may put you in, in an uncomfortable situation. It may cost you a relationship. It may, may, it may be one of those things where you're scared to do it, and so it's going to cost you a little bit of courage. It, it's going to cost you a little bit, but I promise you that whatever it, it costs you, the reward on the other side of your obedience is greater than the price you will pay. It just always is. You say, well, why? Why would I obey? That's a great question. Because obedience is our love language to God. You know, there's five love languages. If you've never heard this, let me kind of help you understand. The five love languages is a book written by Dr. Gary Chapman. And, um, and he ta in this book, he talks about the ways people choose to give and receive love. And they're, they're really, really simple. One is touch. So like holding hands or a pat on the back or a hug. Somebody receives love and gives love in that way. Another way is quality time, quality and, and quantity time. They feel and give love by giving of their time. The other is affirmation, words of affirmation, like telling somebody, good job, man, you did awesome. Somebody that's walking around telling you, man, that, that shirt looks great, or you did a really good job today doing this. There's somebody that their love language is words of affirmation. If you want to make them feel loved, give it back to them. 
give them words of affirmation. Then there's, there are gifts. Man, if you give somebody a gift, somebody that, that has this love language gives gifts to show love, and they feel loved when somebody gives them a gift. And the last one is acts of service. They do things for people. They serve them, and they feel loved when others serve them. This, it does what I call, it fills the love tank. Man, makes them feel good, makes them feel appreciated, makes them feel valued. And that's the best way to let people know that you love them is finding out how they like to be loved and appreciated. I did this in a meeting recently. I was like, how do you, how do you what's, what's the way that you feel valued and appreciated? And she said, well, I'm, my, my love language is gifts. So when you bought me this Starbucks, this made me feel great. I was like, winner, winner, chicken dinner. This is awesome. <laughs> it's good. Made them feel loved and valued. And God's love language is obedience. It's a submission to him. The same way that he submits himself to us. It's the perfect picture of a marriage between a husband and wife. It's a mutual submission. And God asks us to be obedient to him. That's the best way to show show him that you love him. And listen, obedience isn't just for God to know that you love him. It's also for you. Because obedience releases the destiny that God has for your life. It releases the destiny. If you'll choose to obey, on the other side of obedience is God's blessing for your life. I'm going to tell you, you guys know we've been looking for a building for a while now. And we, we, we looked at Ace Hardware. We've looked at several places and tried to get in there and to no avail. About four months ago or so, maybe five months ago or so, the Lord laid on my heart to reach out to a local pastor here. And he said to write him an offer, offer to buy his building or offer to lease his building. And so I did. It was kind of crazy. I felt like I was going to insult the pastor. And, and, and he received it. And he was like, wow. He said, That's, uh, this, is, this is good timing. And, and so we, we started working with their board and making progress. And, and then a week before I left for Honduras, God spoke to my heart. And he said, you need to withdraw your offer from that church. Now, Listen. After four or five months of working on something, after making progress and feeling like this was going to be the new home for Simple Church, it's going to be amazing after multiple tours, after multiple meetings with their board, after all the conversations and text messages, withdrawing my offer was not something I wanted to do. But God said, you need to withdraw your offer. And I began to justify it. I began to talk through it. Like, all right, God, maybe this is why you want to do it. And I began to reason among myself you ever have a conversation with yourself? It's really okay to talk to yourself. Now, if you talk back, like if there's a third person talking, that's when you want to get like somebody, a professional involved, all right? So, <laughs> but I was having a conversation with myself about why God would want me to do this. And I just decided I, I was probably never going to understand completely, and so I just obeyed. And on Monday, I called to withdraw my offer. And then Tuesday rolled around. And Tuesday, a pastor called me that I probably haven't talked to in over a year. And he called me and asked me questions, and I, I shared how our church is growing, and I shared how we're looking for a building. And he said, that's really interesting. He said, because the reason I'm calling today is God put you on my heart, and he told me to call you and ask you if you wouldn't like to have Simple Church here on Sunday mornings. And that's the church that we're working with right now. But let me tell you something. I don't think what happened on Tuesday would have happened if I didn't obey on Monday. Are you all hearing me? That your obedience releases your destiny. That an act of obedience that I didn't understand on Monday 
let a phone call happen on Tuesday that has now put us in this present situation. You said, well, Aaron, what if the doors close on this place? What if we don't get this building? I don't care. I trust God that it's just part of my journey and I'm enjoying every step of it. That's just the truth. If we wind up someplace else, that's okay with me. But God is leading me down a path. I trust him. I don't need to know everything. I just need to obey him because I know that all of his promise, everything he has for me is on the other side of my obedience. And the truth is, is my plans fail. God's don't. Even when it seems like it's not working out to me, it's working out the way he knows it would. It's part of his plan. And we just need to decide that no matter what he says, whether he speaks directly to our hearts, whether we hear something in a message or whether we read something in his word, that whatever he says, that our answer is yes, that we're just gonna do it and that we'll demonstrate our love for him and do whatever he says to do. Now, I already know some of the pushback in this room. Like, Aaron, God doesn't speak to me that way. I get it. You know, when I was a a young man, I, I remember hearing that God wanted to speak to my heart too. I remember hearing a pastor who talked about Jesus like he was his best friend. The pastor's name was uh, Jesse Duplantis, and this guy is just kind of a, he, he is hilarious. Came from a rock and roll background. He's, he's a very, very funny, funny communicator, and, and I just enjoyed listening to him. But, but what, what impressed me so much about Jesse was his relationship with Jesus. He talked about Jesus like he was his best friend. He talked about Jesus like they joked about things and laughed about things and that they talked about everything, that Jesus was talking to him on an ongoing basis, not just the five or 10 minutes that he would spend in prayer in the mornings or whenever. It was just an ongoing conversation. And that's the first time I heard, because I had grown up in church. I'm not saying my pastor and my church didn't communicate it. It was the first time I heard that God wanted to have a relationship with me that way, that he wanted me to know him that way, have ongoing conversation with him. But I remember feeling very overwhelmed by that. I'm probably in the same place you are right now, hearing that God wants to speak to you. You're in a place where you're just like, man, I'm I'm not really sure that that's for me. I'm not really sure that I qualify. I'm not really sure. I'm not a pastor. I'm not perfect. I don't pray enough. I don't do it, you know, I've heard other pastors talk about eating the carpet, man, where they just lay down and and they pray for two hours and they they say, well, I mean, I just, I I ate the carpet last night and just prayed with God and just, and I'm like, man, I've never done that. I'd never, I never prayed more than five or 10 minutes as a young man and hearing God wanted to talk to me, I felt, I felt like I wasn't good enough. That felt far from me. That idea, that concept felt far from me. And then I got Jesse's book and I read it. I thought, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to lean in. I'm going to position myself so I can hear. And so I started creating space in my life where I'd be able to hear God's voice. I began to quiet my heart. I began to listen, and God began speaking to me, much to my surprise. He began speaking to me through his word. He began speaking to me in quiet times of prayer. He began speaking about my life, about everything, about my attitude, about, about my, my habits. He began talking to me, not just in, in ways to correct me, but he, but he began talking to me, giving me wisdom and guidance on decisions and things I needed to do. It was incredible. And I'm here to tell you today that God wants to speak to you. He wants to talk to you about anything and everything. 
He cares so much about you. You're not disqualified because of the decisions you've made in the past. You're not disqualified because of how little you know about him or how little you read your Bible or how little that you have spent time talking to him in the past. He's not concerned. God's not a mean girl who's like, you can't sit with us. That's not God. He's ready. His table is open. In fact, the Bible describes Jesus as, I stand at the door and knock. And anybody who will open the door, I'll come in and I'll have fellowship with them. I'll chat with you. I'll talk with you. That's what God is offering you today. You don't have to be perfect to hear God's voice. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to have it all together. You don't need to know it all. You just need to be like Samuel. And if you're like Samuel, look at the, look at the end of Samuel's life or this, just this verse that describes him. It says, that Samuel continued to hear God's voice and respond. In verse 19, it says, the Lord was with Samuel as he grew up and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. And all of Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. Samuel was attested. That means he was proven. He was proven to be someone who was associated with the Lord. And I'm telling you, if you'll do the same as Samuel, you'll be someone who is attested to, someone who is known to hear God's voice. If you'll have a humble heart and be teachable, if you'll get as close as you can, get into God's words so that you can hear what he said and what he's saying to you today. If you'll value his voice above all others, that means you'll seek him in all that you'll do and you'll seek him first. If you'll, whatever he tells you to do, if you'll do it and whatever he gives you, whatever he speaks to you, if you'll share it and give it away. If you'll decide to do that, then you'll be somebody like Samuel who's known to be in a relationship with God. God is speaking to you today. Are you ready to hear his voice? Let's pray. Lord, today I, I pray for those that are already Christ followers, those of us that are already here in a relationship with you. I know there's quite a few of us and maybe we've gone to church all our lives. And, and we've never known you in that way. We've never known you intimately. We've never heard your voice on a regular basis, but we're here today, God, and we're just asking you to speak to us. Lord, help us to have a humble heart for when you do speak. Lord, we don't wanna be know-it-alls. In fact, we repent of that attitude and ask you, God, just to speak to us, that we can hear your voice like a child does, ready to listen. Lord, we pray that you would help us, God, that you would help us as we read your word to hear what you have to say to us. Lord, give us an understanding of it. As we, as we dive in, Lord, there's, we know there's translations that help us understand it better, but Lord, help us understand what you're saying to us through your word. Lord, and let us have habits that reflect our values. Let us look to you first. Remind us, Lord, help us get into the habit of talking to you first about anything and everything that we're dealing with. And God, as you, as you speak to us, let us be bold to share your word so that we can make a difference in someone else's life. And then God, ultimately, I just pray that we would be, we would have hearts that are willing to obey. Hearts that have decided that no matter what you say to us, we're gonna say yes. That we're gonna do it, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it costs us something, even when we don't understand and it doesn't make sense, that we would just say yes to your voice as you speak. God, today we love you and 
And we want to hear your voice. So speak. There are those of you also in this room today that that you want this intimate relationship with God. You want to know Him. And that's something that God wants for you as well. He wants you to know Him intimately. He wants to speak to you just as you speak to Him. And today, the way that begins is is through communication, is through you talking to Him. If you don't already have a relationship with God, it's easy. We call it prayer. But today, you can begin a relationship with Him. And God insists that the way that we get to Him, the way that we talk to Him is, is through His Son, Jesus. So Jesus came to this earth and lived a perfect and sinless life. He died on the cross and paid a penalty for our sins that we couldn't pay ourselves. In fact, the only way we could pay it is with eternal separation from God. And that that means hell. But Jesus has loved us so much. And God loved us so much that he sent Jesus to die on that cross, pay the price for our sins to forgive us so that we could be in relationship with God again. We could live in heaven with him, that our sin would no longer separate us from our Father. And so today, if you're ready to begin a relationship with God, that's how we begin it. We accept the price Jesus paid for us. We confess our faith and say, I'm not perfect, but I'm ready to follow you. I'm ready to learn. I'm I'm ready to get on this journey. So if that's you and you're here today and you're ready to begin a relationship with Jesus, you're you're ready to know who God is and know him intimately, I'm gonna pray a prayer in a moment and I'll give you all the words to say, but if you'd like to be counted in on that prayer, if you say, today's my day, today's the day that I, I begin a relationship with Jesus, would you just let me know that you're here? Would you just slip your hand up and do that now and say, that's me, Aaron. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So church, today we're going to pray, and everybody just join us and pray out loud. Even if you don't believe the words yet, you can practice for the day that you do. So let's just pray together. Say, Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God, and I ask you to forgive me and make me brand new. Jesus, speak to my heart. Speak to me through your word and I'll obey. Show me how to live for you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.